Hi everybody, welcome to the World Cup lot, the 2021 Rugby League World Cup podcast, kindly sponsored by ACDMB, who are a branding and creative design agency based in Farsley, Leeds. They create standout brands, so if any companies out there, any businesses need a brand refresh or a new logo, just get in touch with ACDMB. Thanks, as always, to them for sponsoring us. Um, joining me, as always, my right-hand man, the Statman. Statman Reese, how are you, mate? I'm, I'm still trying to decide if I'm more heartbroken from Saturday or from 2013. I thought you were going to say, do you, know, do you know what I genuinely thought you were going to say then? Go then the grand final. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, because, no. Yeah, no, I wasn't that heartbroken at the grand final. I was just happy to be there. Yeah. Um, Competition winner. But yeah, I'm still, I'm still quite annoyed, to be honest. <laughs> I predicted it, so I'm sat here with a smug face for once. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been 48 hours nearly, was it? And yeah, I'm yeah. still, I'm still sorry, I'm still distressing the room. Um, I'm still a bit upset and annoyed. <clears throat> so it's going to be a great podcast. It's going to be, be me in a mood. I can't. I know. I've been, I've been mulling it over. Since, since the game and kind of thinking, kind of obviously in preparation to, for recording this, I'm thinking, shall I stick the boot in, you know? <laughs> shall I really just stick the boot in? And I'm still a bit undecided. Mm. So I might a bit, but because I, 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 what, what kind of shook me was, we'd not really spoken about it much, like in our chat between ourselves. And mm. I, I hadn't spoken to my friends about it much either for whatever reason. But at work today, I kind of, you know, people were like, really, not not so much hurt, but gutted. And I was like, no, that's right. You know, it is, it is an England world. And kind of speaking to people at work, I was like, no, they were saying, oh, I'm, I'm just gutted that, you know, I really thought they were going to make it. But they didn't. And, um, yeah, we're here to review it with, he's making his hat-trick appearance on the World Cup lot. It is, and to be honest, he's good. He's probably going to be our moderator tonight. He's going to probably bring, hopefully, bring a bit of balance to my view. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's our Bri from Six again. You're right, Bri. No. <laughs> 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 How are we? All good, mate. Hat trick appearance. Here's your hat trick ball. You have to catch that. Um, Bri is um, brilliant on Twitter at Six again. Uh, you, you 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 probably do follow him, but if you do do follow him, he does some fantastic work in promoting the game at rugby league, wheelchair, women's community, everything. Does superb work. So please do go follow Bry on Twitter at six again. Uh, Bry, you've been doing. You are wearing at the moment. Um, is it a volunteers? Yeah, that's volunteers it. He's holding clothes. it up for those. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you've been doing on the volunteering side of things at this World Cup? Saying, ah, oh, yeah, to everyone who walks in. That's easy. <laughs> and saying, the ground's that way, follow the big lights and the music. Right. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> Not easy enough. Yeah. Easy enough. Well, no, and you got I'm a free at, jacket. I'm at, the, uh, I'm at the wheelchair on Friday yeah. as well. And on Saturday, I'm in the hospitality at Old Trafford. Yeah, working, not sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can, you can walk past the table and nick it a bit of brie, though, so it's fine. Just, just, just but yeah, um, it's it's been great, I, and a lot of people, 
you, you, if you look on social media, the amount of people who've been helping, there's so many different stories of people who've been helping and how they've been doing it. And it's just, just amazing. It's been the atmosphere, the atmosphere with people not going inside the ground has been electric for then the people to then go inside. And everyone, even the games I've been to, yeah. everyone who's volunteered has been pretty much fantastic. So yeah. it's been it's been one of the highlights and one of the plus points of this tournament for me. Excellent. Well done, mate. Well done. So I think the third, there's, there's only two games to review, obviously, with it being the semis. So that we'll start we'll have to start with England Samoa. Um England had more penalties, more possession, more completed sets, more passes, more conversions. Pretty much everything was England in terms of team stats heavy. So my question here, and I'll start with Reese, is did England choke here, Reese? Did you feel England choked this one, or should we give more credit to Samoa? I think you've got to give more credit to Samoa. Mm. They they wanted it more, quite mm. clearly. And I think this was the game we were expecting at St James's Park. Yes, um, I agree with that. So I think all of us, well, not you, because oh no, actually, sorry, I think I said Samoa by thirty. Yeah, <laughs> but I think this was just you know I think weird fans were pulled into to a false sense of security. I think the players, whether they bottled it, I'm not sure whether they were just shocked that and, and Samoa just didn't let up. But you've got to give credit to Samoa. Mm. Um, they capitalised on errors. They made the most of things, and they they did the job. Um, this is yeah. There was, I mean, look at the end of that game. Most of them are super league players, professional players, and just making those two basic silly errors. That Sean Wayne would have been that he would have been so annoyed at those errors. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't just yeah. Samoa deserve it massively. Yeah, um, do you agree with I that? Or... I think if England had got through, it would have been luck, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't have been deserved. Brian, do you agree with that, or do you think England perhaps choked a little? No, I'd say Samoa definitely deserved it. I'd yeah. also say that there's a lot of conversation in rugby league terms. Apologies, uh, England women have just scored. Oh, yes, as we record this, record. it is England. All right, spoilers, I'm I'm only on the second two, two minutes 30. Sorry. I'm on four minutes, so I'm sorry. Uh, um, <laughs> um, and, and it was Van Gogh for as well. Oh, get in. Ah, good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Samoa, have, they definitely deserve more credit. But there's been a lot mm. of conversation uh, this season. You've, you'll have heard it a lot about one percenters. Mm. And I think Samoa done them one percenters a lot better than, than England did. If you look at Everyone goes on about dropping the ball, going left right in the last 30 seconds, going left, dropping the ball, trying to pass it. Well, for me, the main mistake was going left. Should have went down the middle because then you'd have had a 30-yard down the middle attempt at a drop goal. Drop goal, yeah. So, as much as the mistake was a pass, there was a mistake before the mistake. So, it's them little 1%. Whereas, the drop goal that won it, Samoa lame from the first attempt, which was charged down, and had three different options, so no one knew where mm. it was going. Mm. 
He also took about yeah. 10 metres deeper, didn't he? He was so far yeah. away from that second. There's half. no way. I'd, well, I don't think that um, England expected it to go to Crichton. It was, it was really deep and <clears throat> Milford had the shot before and they're probably looking at like, it's going to go Milford or Luai, you know, going to go that way. And then he just boomed it straight out to Crichton who had loads of time. And it, it was a good drop goal, but I, d- I don't think England expected that. But the way they handled that golden point, which it just, I don't know. What, I f- what, I, go what was me. wrong with that right edge for us in England? It, it, it was just, I, 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 absolutely yeah. Battered that right edge. He killed it. Yeah, he's hard. He, he was, wasn't he working last year? Yeah. He he playing park football in Sydney, yeah. And yeah. you like that going from where he was, dream team, semi final, should possibly could have got to the final, yeah. should have. Dream team, now in the World Cup final. And he weren't even in the original squad, got called up because of injuries. Called up, yeah, for injuries. Yeah. I think. I think that left edge of Samoa killed England's right edge defence. I don't think we could cope with Luai. Don't think we could cope anyone on that side. I thought I thought they were absolutely awesome. Watkins and I mean, had a tough time. He had a really yeah, Watkins had a tough time. He, which meant Young had a tough time as well because he was second. He got caught second guessing. And well, be on that side. <laughs> do, I help, do I help Callum? Do I not? Like he yeah. just they they. I'm not saying they got scared, but they definitely. Were well and truly beaten. We said yeah. we we said on the preview of the original game of the tournament itself. The three of us said that the experience of Watkins, he's been put there for the experience because yeah. of who's on either side, mm. and you could tell that there was a lack of experience on that side, international mm. experience. Whereas the other side, it was, and as much as Happy Farmworth was there, he was. Helped on either side by experience. Yeah. Whereas Watkins at it, he didn't know there were help. There were help with what, and that was a. That I think. Was a, it, yeah. I think that were. I think. I think that's a really good point, Brian. As always, but I think when when Dom Young knocked on from that 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 bomb and he it, it just dropped it, you could see his inexperience there in that. It was a big mistake at quite a key time in the game. But then he clearly had on his mind, like his first thought was, I have to try to rectify this as soon as I can. Whether he was kind of thinking about Sean Wayne or, you know, the the Emirates being full, you know, semi-final. And then he came bombing out the line, looking at Luai, who just looked like he saw it in slow motion, you know. And I, I, I did think at the time that, that was that was really naive of him to kind of come flying out as if to to make, and then Luai just stepped him, and it were. I think it, it was, but if you watch it back again, Watkins bombs out first. He comes in first, yes. He's following off back of him. So then it leaves Young no option. Yeah, because it was either I try and stop it, or I've got four. Or have done, yeah. Yeah, so it was. I think because again, this is what I was saying before about the ball going left. As much as Whitehead passed. And he shouldn't have. He should have just took the tackle. It was the it was the thing the thing that happened just before it that made that decision. That made that decision. Mm. So Young coming out, I think that was because Watkins come out, and he had yeah. no option because of what was he was. We all He's say about gone. playing heads up rugby, and so he was playing heads up. He saw what was in front of him. He knew it was more. It was 
more percentage-wise to intercept it or to hit someone hmm. than it was to defend against four. Yeah. Great. What did you, just talking of Watkins, Reese? what did you make of that chance that he had? Did, I, I personally think someone of his calibre, of his quality, and we, we've, we've spoken on this uh, World Cup lot podcast about how good he's looked and now he's playing with smile on face. I think in terms of Callum Watkins and his quality and his pedigree, that was a bombed chance. I know Lafayette was in there and kind of made him miss, but he shouldn't have missed that race. That, no, that he was, shouldn't. That, that and he shouldn't. And I think that probably didn't help Callum even further because it just it was mm. another point to Lafay. Yeah. I don't think Callum. I don't think Callum really scored a point against him. Really, I don't um, think. No, many but did, no. again, exactly as you said, you would expect Callum to to finish that, not mm. just because of experience, just just because of how good of a player he is. Yeah. Um. Mm. You know, we know that as Leeds Rhinos fans, how good of a player he is and how strong of a finish he is. But it, it, yeah, I was shocked when I saw it had come loose. And it was, again, but I think it summed up the day in a weird way. Yeah, about to say, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I would have expected him to score that. It, that, that, was, that was a, I think there was a moment before that or just after that where I kind of thought England, they're not going to, it's not going to happen. It just felt like, even when Williams put, who scored it? Farmers put Herbert to make it yeah. twenty-six. All no. I was still kind of thinking it's just I don't know momentum just kind of, kind of like swinging from one to the other. But I just never felt confident in that they'd get it done. Really, I felt. I, see, I had confidence. I thought we were on top in that last ten minutes, and then mm. I lost all confidence when Radley threw that interception. <laughs> I, that I, was I generally, I generally it's thought clearly I been working with do it. <laughs> I genuinely thought at that point, before that interception, I thought we were, England were going to go and win it. Um, and I thought it would have come through. But then, yeah, that pass. And you could see it. You could see it about to happen as well. I'm like, oh my God. What a player from Crichton, that one. Yeah. He just no read it, World he? Cup semi-final. But, I mean, I, I was confident at that point. And those last 10 minutes, as much as it was chaotic and stressful, it was pretty awesome to watch. It I was. mean. Like George Williams for that Harvey Farmer ah, try was awesome. Like, like that, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watching through your fingers. That's just you when George Williams does something good. Yeah, um, I mean, George Williams was a, was phenomenal. So was Farnworth, to be fair. Um, but that last ten minutes of the game were brilliant. But I was confident up until that interception, and then I lost. And then after that, I was like, yeah, it's not going to be our day. This is it. Yeah, it's it's not going to be our on day. That, on that on that interception. I I said we went to the Tonga Samoa game the week before, and Samoa beat, in my opinion, from where I was, Samoa beat Tonga by the defense and by the offloads. And there was part of the fifth, and they were just, or oh, second half, and they were just offloading and offloading. And even the chai, like Paolo's offload when he's about half a centimeter off the floor, just. Something special, and you're like outstanding, I, I absolutely here, outstanding. I sat here and I was like, they never. It's like watch last week. It was like they didn't watch it because I know it's hard to stop offloads and stuff, but it must be in your mind. They're gonna offload. They're gonna offload. They're gonna offload. Hmm. But the same can go back then to the first game. We sat here, the four, the three of us sat here and said, "Well, the only mis- the Wellsby made a mistake with an intercept." So yeah. you must have known that they were looking for intercepts because yeah. before they'll do it again. 
It just happened to be on the opposite wing. Mm. And it's, again, those little things. And it made me question a couple of things because you, you can see what's coming in front of you. You know what, the, you know what their plan is, but mm. then you still didn't have the ability to not stop Prevent it, it. But, but not yeah. not go for go try and stop everything that the, you can't stop everything they're gonna do, but at least anticipate little things that they might do. Yeah. Whereas Samoa anticipated little things that England were gonna do. Speaking of Crichton, his I think it was his first try. Um Luai came across the offload. What it what it Pauli? Pauli? Offloads was outstanding. Then the Luai like basketball pass. I mean, that that were incredible. Is that is that the best try of the World Cup? Is it? It has to be one of. No, I I think the best try of the World Cup was uh, Tonga's winger winner against Papua New Guinea. Mm. Um, when a prop kicked the when the when the prop kicked the forward when it kicks it through after thirty five passes, no prop. I'm still on this page of no prop deserves or has the right to do that kick. So that for me was still the try. The kick with such um, accuracy. Yeah, no, that's just not allowed. Um, but no, it was certainly up there. I texted my dad straight after that. I was kind of like, yeah, I'm all right with that <laughs> in a weird way. I don't, I don't I mind. Like, wow. If someone scores a great try, against what a try. So you just have to go, yeah, fair play. Um, Jerome Luai uh, had a bit of a, a to and fro with Sam Tompkins. I thought... And I just felt that Tonkins just didn't like getting a bit of his own medicine, to be honest. No, oh, a bit, a bit, a bit did, of a coming I, together. I did enjoy it, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, because <I loved> <laughs> what, you know what I enjoyed more than anything was he got in the scrap and none of the England players ran in. Initially, it took a while. <laughs> well, it looked like they, were in. <laughs> they all got a job on the back and started walking over them and went, Oh, is it Tonkins? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it was quite funny what happened because obviously Lou, I was winding him up, wasn't he, or saying something yeah. to him. He just gave him a little shove, didn't he? Oh, I can't remember what he did, but Luai was having none of it. But yeah, I, I didn't was notice that. him. Luai was yeah. bored him. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Luai had every right to do it. If... <laughs> Keep your head. Captain material, that. Listen, if think... we can have taken out of us for George Williams, then Sam Tompkins didn't take a bit of stick for kicking the ball. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think... When Jerome Luai is obviously one of the best halves on the the whole planet, he would have been in the Australia side and starting, you know, if um if he thank God he didn't, but if he'd have chosen them. But kind of, I always, especially halves, I I like to, especially when they're at that level, I try when I'm watching a game, I try to watch them and see their involvement and that, how they move and you know what are they looking at and you know, in terms of in terms of defence and. Watching him on, on, on Saturday, he seems to like utilize his energy. Like it, he'll he'll not he'll be like stood at the rook and he'll be like just net and you know he's not gonna get the ball, but it's like when he does, he does something. It's like every time he touches it, he wants to create something off it. You know, it's, it's like he doesn't just want the it's almost as if he doesn't just want the ball for no reason. Like he's always looking and trying to create something, and then his step. I mean, it's oh, what an awesome player. I mean, you're talking about that must be the best step in the game. That has to be. I can't, I can't think of anyone with a step as sharp as that. I can think of a rugby union player that's got a step sharper than that. Two of us, a shake. No, 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 union. 
Um, yeah, he plays Ch- Union. Uh, Cheslin Kobe, South Africa. Right. There's no one beats his footwork, and he, he could be stood in front of you, and the next thing he's, he's behind you somehow. I don't know how. But and he's yeah. four footed. And he's like, yeah, yeah, just go. <laughs> but picking your point on Luai though, like he definitely looked more dynamic. Samoa as a whole looked way more dynamic in that first game. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you were saying, just you, 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 Luai, he was shocking in that first game, wasn't he? And yeah. So he's a half back, but in that, like you're saying, that game, he was a constant threat. And even if he wasn't going to get the ball, England were panicking a bit, I think, because yeah. they didn't know what to do. I think, I think it's because, like, maybe, maybe he wasn't, but he was definitely one of the only legit world class players on that pitch. And you know, whenever some you play coming up against someone like that, it was diabolical in the first game. But I, don't know, I was just fascinated by watching him. I just thought how he worked yeah. and everything he did was of a high quality. It was one as if he only wanted to be involved when he'd seen something or when he was creating yeah. something. I just think, what a player. And I'm just so glad he didn't um, uh, play choose Australia. Talking of squads of players, one player that I thought was diabolical, and we, we kind of touched on it in our preview for the World Cup, preview for this first England Samoa game to open the World Cup, Michael McLaurin. What did you make of him, Reese? He was awful. He was absolutely awful. And we got better when we took him off. We started scoring points in that second half when he came off. And to be fair, we held our hands up after the first game because he was brilliant in the first game. Um, But I don't think he was the only player not to stand up, but he definitely was one of the standouts that didn't stand up. He was poor. Um, Bray, you think you were any good? No. (laughs) It it made it made the how can I put this? It said something when he came back on, and I'm about what ten miles away from used to, and I can hear used to moan <laughs> when he came back on, and that because I had the same. Were you in London? We were in Leeds. Are you even further away. <laughs> you are. You were in the, you were at the game, weren't you? No, not the England game. No. Oh, we not. All oh, right. No. No, I was at the no. whole. Um, but yeah, it, it the whole country <laughs> just went, oh, what? <sighs> because as Lisa said, got on top, picked everything up, and then there he is coming back. Like, I don't know why he came back on. Why? I don't know why I was picked. I don't know, but I, I, I didn't. It tells you what, I tell you what, I didn't even notice Callum Watkins went off, and he went off injured, no. didn't he? And yeah, he went off injured, mm, and didn't Bateman go did to he, step there? Did he go off injured? Oh. Yeah, he had a. Strapped arm, did he? At the end right. of the game, yeah. Bateman, Bateman moved to centre, didn't he? And I didn't even notice that. I only found out. I only found out on Sunday. <laughs> so, we only scored on the left edge, didn't we? Did we score yeah. on the right edge? Yeah. Did we? No, no, not on the right. Only scored on the left. Well, this is the thing when Abe Farmworth went through. Elliot Whitehead was there. Hmm. And again, yeah. played to Whitehead, by the way. He kept up with Farnworth. I mean, must have been gassed after. Well, yeah, did he kept pointing to closer to yeah. stick? I thought he had an outstanding game, other than his offload in like the last twenty seconds, which he shouldn't have done. Yeah, but I think he had an outstanding game. Yeah, I just think, I just think the the the, the selection of McAlloran. I do think Sean Wayne. And any coach, you, you live and die by your decisions. When it's very unforgiving 
being an international coach because you only get so many games, so you can't, you know, once you lose, and like, as you know, you're done till next time, and it's often years until there's another tournament or anything international games that are meaningful. But we kind of pre and again and on the preview to the World Cup before the first England Samoa game, we 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 broke down the squad and everyone on Twitter and everybody kind of said, "Why Macalorum? He's not good enough." I mean, you could you could have walked the streets of Mumbai on a Tuesday afternoon and just asked everybody that passed you by, would you choose Michael McAlorum in the England squad? And every single Indian who you asked or anybody would say, no, I've never, why the fuck would I choose him? There's no way I'd fucking choose him. And yet he's there. And even the BBC in their biased, you know, home nations commentary picked up on how knackered he was after about 50 minutes. It looked, it looked absolutely gassed. I'm thinking, this is a semi-final. I mean, what annoys me more is, it's not as if, it's not as if, Mac, you know, there isn't other options available in that position who are miles, miles better. Even a 62-year-old James Roby, if, if, if it had picked, pulled Roby out of retirement, I can't imagine many people would have said, that's wrong. Because he is still performing at a good level. Cruz Leamy, Andy Ackers. I was just I about mean, to say. He's there. He should have been on the bench. Oh, Radley, did a not, Radley did a good job at hooker, to be fair, other than his interception, but I don't think he was actually playing hooker at that point. Mm. But I thought Radley played really well when he did it. But can, why I... Why not have... It's a, I understand the four-forward thing that obviously works against Samoa. It worked really well against Papua New Guinea. But it's all well in hindsight. But for... I think a hooker can change the game. And I, I know something I've really liked at Leeds is having Lehman and then having even Brad Dwyer because he can change the pace of a game and inject life. And there was no injection of life coming off that bench, just brute force. And to be fair, the fall, I thought the props did well. I thought Chris Hill was immense. Um, yes, he was. Um, but yeah, you just want... Andy Akers would have made a difference if he came off the bench. I, I don't understand when like, you're putting square pegs in round holes when you've got players who can play that position, you know? So, well, I, he, he were playing um, Radley at hooker, which is fine. But, I mean, you've got the hookers there. So, why do you, you know, it's like forcing p players into a side where Radley could have, and did, you know, he could have played 13, 80 minutes. You know, there was no need when we had Andy Ackers there. I mean, again, it's hindsight, Bri, but the... <laughs> The whole squad, you know, should Sean Wayne live and die by these decisions that he made? Yeah and no. I've got three mm. points on, on your rant. First of all, the word you were looking for was talent in the squad. When I mean, you've got players like Hackers, you don't need round, round X and square holes. Mm. The second point is that whole rant, ladies and gentlemen and George, was due to Lottie saying about George Williams. So he just wants to be proved right on Macalora. <laughs> <laughs> and, third, and third, broken clock. You, you take a lot of time asking a lot of people who walk past in Mumbai about making <laughs> But yeah, it's a, for your point. Um, yeah, he, I, I see where you say he's got to live and die. He's got to live and die on his selections for this tournament. Hmm. Does he need to go now? Is a different total question. But for this tournament, when because obviously there'll be a. There'll be an inquiry into it. 
and that's got to be what that's got to be up there on the top of the list, hasn't it? Surely, uh, square pegs and round holes and yeah. squad selection. You know, well, obviously got, everyone's going to say, oh, questions. we've got those questions coming up later. So yeah. everyone's going to be yeah. saying, oh, well, in squad, that. People, people were injured. People, he could have been in the squad. He could have been in the squad. Yeah, but we're not talking about the people who could have been in the squad, like Harry Newman or Johnny Lomax, or even if you're going to say 62-year-old James Roby. We're talking about the people who were available. Who were there, yeah. Who, who either, either there at the time or available and weren't picked. It, 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 tell, it tells you something when he's 31 and getting picked for Ireland in the last World Cup. Yeah. Why? Why? Why wasn't he good enough at technically his peak age yeah. in England then? But he is, he is now. now. <laughs> it's wrong. It's wrong. Um, one thing, like, again, it's a, a bit of hindsight, but I just don't think choosing... Sam Tonkins at fullback, and then trying to put Wellsby at six. Wellsby's not a six. He's not. He's, you know, he's a young lad. He's, I just don't think he's a halfback. He's a fullback. You know, that's where he plays his best stuff. So again, kind of think if you'd put him there, then well, you're, injuries, of... you're going back to injuries again because the, you'd have put Johnny Lomax with George Williams if Lomax was fit. And then it'd have been a really hard choice between Tomkins and Wellsby. Now, because it's Sean Wayne and his jobs to the boys, it would have been Tomkins anyway. Mm. But that would have been a great dilemma to have. The problem with our half-back depth is that we have moved Wellsby up and there wasn't really much competition. Mark Schneed got called up. So they, they, we haven't got a lot of half-back depth there. And that, that, that's, that's Jackson Hastings? No. No? No, no. Not having Jackson's it. too busy trying to find a new club, isn't he? I think he's off to um, Newcastle. I think he's yeah. getting shipped out there. <laughs> um, if you're going to talk positives from the game, I thought Herbie Farnworth was awesome. Herbie Farnworth, um, yeah, we're really he good. was brilliant. George Williams, again, was ridiculously good. George Williams. I thought, again, Burgess, I thought Burgess ran it in hard all day. Every carry Burgess took, he struck it so strongly. Um, Whitehead was class. So I don't think it was... Well, I mean, Radley was great as well. I don't think he's a great still positive in there. Mm. Um, and it was, it was, it was good fun, kind of ish. Not quite sure. It was a great it, game. It was good fun. It was a great game. You know, I'm, a, I'm not the biggest England international. I've said it a million times, but watching that, I was, I was invested. I thought this is this is peak rugby league. You know, it's what makes you want more. And people like whether they were neutrals or new to the game, they would have watched. I know we're going to talk about Friday night next, but those two games back to back—that is the pinnacle of our sport. You can forget. Mm. I know how good and the, the the quality of state of origin, but it's, it's the international game that's going to lead rugby league and, and and kind of pull and drag it along. And we need more of that. Speaking of kind of New Zealand Australia, Bry, do you, England haven't faced either? I think since 2017. In the final, that's a travesty in itself. But do you think in this tournament, England missed a game against those? Do you think it would have? Do you think it would have kind of helped England possibly if they would have had one of those in the group stage? Do you think it would have might? Do you think they're a bit undercooked? Maybe do you think they've not played anyone of any real pedigree up to this point? I'd say no, 
Mm. And the reason I say no is because you look at the other three semi-finalists, and let, let's be let's be honest. Let's be honest. There was what three points in between the two semi-finals. Mm. So any of the four could have made the final, really. Yeah. Now, the only difference with England for me is that the other three all went like that through the tournament and just rose and rose yeah, and so took it up a level, took it up a level, took it up a level. I think if England had played Samoa last in the group, that would have been better because then it would have, they'd have had that chance to grow, grow, grow. Whereas what they've done is they've hit high, they've come low, not really come low for two games, but no disrespect, this is, you're talking about Greece yeah. in a third game. You need something big for the. You need momentum. Everything's about momentum. I'm not being. I'm talking to two lads who support Leeds who've watched you win playoffs, grand finals from like 57th in the league. Do, do you know what I mean? It's like you've you've built momentum and got there and then won it. Yeah. So when you start there and then come down and then go, I think it's harder to come back down and then go back up, but. Yeah. I think I think no. I think if you don't need to play one of them two in the group, I mm. think if I think the best thing would have been is if they'd have got if if they'd have got beat in the first game, yeah, and had Tonga in the quarter final. That I think that had been better. Mm. Yeah, I want to got my hopes up then. Yeah, <laughs> I want to got excited. Yeah, well, I think I think that's what the thing. I think that's what the thing. A lot of people. I don't don't think a lot of people have spoke about it. A lot of after the first game, a lot of people went into the semi final going, "Hey, it's Samoa, yeah, we beat battered them," yeah, and then they kick out on the full straight away. Now, I think I also think if that game was played anywhere, at, well, mainly in the north, there'd have been a better atmosphere when that kick went out on the full. England have probably scored within the first next two sets mm. because of the atmosphere. Mm. You look at Newcastle, first 20 minutes was really tough. Then the atmosphere got up and it was momentum. The bang, 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 tries. You only really um, heard the crowd in the last 10 minutes. Exactly. When 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 it started getting, well, I say interesting, but it was a dull, dull game was interesting. But there, there didn't seem to be enough atmosphere. If there was a, that game was at, if that game was at Elm Road. You think they should have been there. switched, Bri, two games? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. No. Because, I do because you'd have got. I reckon you'd have filled Arsenal with our, 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 our Australia, Newcastle, eh, New Zealand. Sorry, mm. I'm not sure you would because I think a lot of the people that went to Ireland Road on Friday night were rugby league fans and in the mm. area. Like, and I just I, that was more just for a, it was more like a bit of a homage for the North, really, just to go yeah. look. Here's a first class rugby league game. Go watch it. Go, go watch it. <laughs> yeah. um, you after it. Yeah. Um, so no, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have chosen the Emirates. I also wouldn't have chosen to play the game forty minutes before England Rugby Union kicked off. I'd have done it on a different day, um, so people could have got two England games in two sports in one weekend. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't have changed. Just I, that's the only thing I'd change. Hmm. Could we talk Man about of the match, guy. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Man of the match. Uh... George Williams. Wow. Well, George, George Williams. Reese. 
George Williams. Yeah, took out. Really? I thought it was. A, I thought it was a, from an England perspective. I, I think Luai would be my man of the match in general. Oh yeah, but, that's what I'm just about to say. <laughs> George Williams, though, I thought was for England was awesome. Again, I'm actually quite worried that if he gets into form, if he starts playing for like that for Warrington, I mean, he probably won't do. But if he did, start no, it won't, like it won't that, do. Warrington, it's we need George. We need the. Warrington George Williams to return now. The Campbell yeah. one's finished. He's, he's there was a massive argument on Saturday about George Williams. Supposedly he's played really well all season. It's just been everyone else around him. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Don't know about that. I'm not sure about that myself. But people, <laughs> season ticket holders were getting some that they haven't that. been and the, that they're blind and all this kind. Of, I, I was. It was one of the it was one of the nice things on Saturday night just watching to be quite fair. The, the <laughs> fans arguing with each other. <laughs> We've had some news um, this afternoon. Yeah, this afternoon, this evening, come out from the England camp um, regarding England players were their base was in Manchester at a hotel. Samoa were at the same hotel. In, it's been rumoured, reported from, I think it were Sydney Evening Herald. I kind of pulled this up and made it to everyone's attention that England players re- allegedly have been knocking on some more players' doors in the middle of the night, waking them up. And there's been an alleged fight between James Bentley and Victor of Radley. Of Ireland. <laughs> the first question, yeah, is why was James Bentley there? In Manchester, as an Irishman, in the England camp, when it's England somehow. So, that's not a good look for, for to start. With James Bentley's record, previous record, and his disciplinary issues this year, he doesn't need this kind of look. He doesn't need to be doing this. This does not need to happen. I think it's been confirmed that the RFLR or the World Cup are looking into this now. I don't know what they're going to do about it, but it is off season. It is crazy. Reese, what, why, how? James, <laughs> we were laughing before he came on. The article that I read was James Bentley starts a fight with Victor Radley. Like, you have no proof that <laughs> it was actually James Bentley that started this fight. <laughs> but as we said off air, 99% chance it probably was James Bentley, wasn't it? Probably what? Yeah, probably was. Probably the best was. bit for me is that he went and told the Samoa players. <laughs> oh, so he's told the Samoan players that he's had a scrap with Victor yeah. Radley. So suppose the article goes that he started it, they've had a scrap, and then James Bentley's gone and grasped on, on Victor Radley and told the Samoa players. Who then, <sighs> then told it probably to the jail. Yeah. <laughs> then they've told Sydney, yeah. I, I mean, think about the afters, but I'm a bit worried now that Bentley's going to get something for this. I've no idea what I am. In that hotel. He's probably there holding Jack Wellsby's hand or something with his old mates or Tommy Makinson or his old mates. Doing Alice. something. It's, just, it's, it's not a good a, look. It's not a good look for, well, it's not a good look for England at all. It's not how they want to finish the World Cup. It's also not fair in the England women who are playing tonight and it's going to take the distraction away from whatever result this is. And it's actually a really good game, by the way. Yeah. Um, you know, it does. It's not fair on them. But who plays knockador run? Like, actually, we should be taking bets on this. Which one? Yeah, wills me. He can't be Michael McAlloran because he can't see the door. He'd miss it. So um, <laughs> he can't run away in his zimmer. <laughs> yeah, he can't run away. He'll still be tired. From, he'll still be tired from Saturday. 
I've so got a theory. younger than me. <laughs> I've got a theory. I've got a theory. I reckon it was some of the Saints lads who knew that John James Bentley was there. He started knock door dashing on his door, but got the wrong door and got a few Samoan doors. Sent Victor to his door, knocked on his door. He's kicked off. Victor's lamped him, and then he's wins. Yeah, <laughs> it won't be Tomkins because he'll be doing a pundit thing somewhere about diving or whatever. Um, I, try, I can't think who it would be. Jack Wells. I, 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 I honestly believe it, it. It probably will will have been some of the younger squads. It say. wouldn't have been Dom Young because you could hear him running down the corridor. It wouldn't be anything sneaky about it, would it? He's that no, big. No, no. Just booming down. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't be Chris Hill because he's just too mature for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris Hill, the father figure. Can you pack it in now, lads? Yeah. We've all had a drink. He'd be the geography teacher on the school trip, wouldn't he? Like, yeah. get back in your rooms. See, you know, Wayne, Wayne is just hard to go to bed. Part of the article said most of the, uh, well, some of the players had left and mm. some of the staff had left. So I, th- I think what we need is the uh, mystery machine and get Scooby-Doo on the case and let's find out what's going on. Yeah, crack the case. They've obviously... Who yeah, who went home and then we're let down from there. They've obviously had a massive drink on Saturday after the game mm. and this is just the aftermath in it continuing into Sunday. So I can only, well, allegedly... They've had a, a real skinful for two days, and this is what's happened. James Bentley's had turned up. Oh, no, it was Everyone's like, why is Bentley? <laughs> or someone's like, Tommy Makinson or whatever, like Bryce, you know, when it says, I just said, someone someone ring James Bentley, he'll come over. <laughs> he'll, <laughs> he'll get a carry out, he'll get us some tinnies on the way up. Yeah. I've got two things on this. One, it was supposed to be Saturday night. Actually, Saturday mm. night didn't happen. All right. Um, and two, <laughs> James Bentley went to Ibiza, right? James Bentley, just to nip in, sorry, He's been bro. everywhere. He went, he went to Ibiza with pretty much... On a last-minute do, wasn't it? The majority of the lead squad before that New Zealand friendly. He came back, he played for Ireland in the World Cup, and then he was in Dubai or somewhere for is a that, week or is two. Is that the one where, where Brad Dwyer bought the hotel in the airport? Yeah, and he, he was out yeah. there with Liam Sutcliffe, Brad Dwyer, and a couple of others. And then he's come back here. Clearly, he's just flown over back over from Dubai straight into England Hotel. And yeah, maybe, so he's, what, maybe he's flight landed in Manchester. Manchester. What was he doing in Manchester? Well, not even Manchester. It's like 10 miles outside of Manchester. I don't know, but what worries me is um, I just don't want there to be any repercussions for lead rhinos. There's going to be something. <laughs> I know. They're really going to... Kick us in nuts and say, right, Bentley, yeah. you're getting banned for six Rhinos games. Well, <laughs> Bentley, Beast Martin, I'll take it. The thing is, Rhinos will appeal and then we'll get deducted 12 points for appealing. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Right, that's what another thing. Gary, I guess someone to write an article about uh, out what other players were out on the last one with the countries around the country. <laughs> <laughs> what was the score? 27-26. Yeah, something like that. To Samoa. So, on to Friday. This was just... Immense. Just... Immense. Cannot... Absolute pinnacle of sport, this. Australia, New Zealand. I always think that whenever you get two sides as good as these two, you know, at that level, the one thing that makes it much more interesting is hatred. Would you agree with that? Hatred brings more... 
out of the sides. It it adds that more spice. I mean, it looked big. It looked uh, Saturday did as well. You know, at the Emirates that looked big as well. But under the lights, Ellen Road, like Reese said, you know, it was it, it it was the gift to the heartlands, wasn't it? There you go. There's the pinnacle. Swallow it up, Bra. You were there. You were there. You. You, you you lived it, you experienced it. What were it like sat inside Ellen Road on Friday night? Unbelievable. I would, I said earlier on, went to Tongas Mode the week before, and that was like mm. Origin. And mm. I left there going, wow, can it get any better than that? Than that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> simple. As, but it started before it even kicked off. Got yeah. hacked into the face. It was mm. just, it just, it just set the tone. And it was like New Zealand are here to play, boys. You, you, you need. But then some of the skills, some of the hits, some Ben Hunt's kick alone was worth the entrance fee. Do you know what I mean? It was just oh, I tell you now, hands down, hands down. Even including all Saints wins and all that kind of stuff, best game I've ever been to. Ever. That was my, that was my next question. Ever. Absolutely best game I've ever been to for on the pitch. Don't get me wrong, the atmosphere weren't the best. There was a few few issues which I'm not too the best pleased with. Uh, big screen not showing replays when the video ref was looking at stuff. Thing that, that yeah. I, I was having to text my mate who was in the ground to tell him what was happening on the replays. <laughs> I'm telling you now, it was there. It was literally. I'm, yeah, you in the West Ham. Anyone knows? Anyone knows Ellen Road? Obviously, I was in the away, the football away end. West End. He was there, and I'm like, and most of the most of the things which were put up anyway were right in front of me, so it didn't make no difference really. Yeah. But it was, it, it was annoying, and it was yeah. But tell you what, that was that was easily the best game of it. If that's what Origins like, sign me up for the six week holiday in in Australia every year. Tell me if, if the if if the freebies out that one. We get Qantas to sponsor us or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so. We've got Manscaped coming up, so we can have you know Adidas, oh, Microsoft. We'll be well we'll we'll be well trimmed when we go down there anyway. Well, Come on Adi, over. Adi, Come on over. Adidas are looking for someone now, aren't they? So maybe you never know. It could happen. <laughs> Speaking of the hacker there, Bry, um the hacker. Unbelievable goosebump moments for uh, goosebump moments for many people. But something I did notice, um, you you might have noticed it, Brian. You definitely would have noticed it, Reese. They did the hack of the Kiwis leading up to the Aussies, and it's that confrontation. You know, you think, wow, this is going to be a blockbuster. But then Brandon Smith, the big cheese, hugged Harry Grant instantly after. Are you a fan of that, Reese? For me, I was like, wow, that were great. And then they're, they're obviously teammates at Melbourne or were because he's going uh cheese is going to the roosters i just felt that you've just done that big moment where australia was in and they they give each other a hug i just thought yeah. it killed it did it you annoy me one of during, that? during the game there was i can't remember was it was Salamoa. there was two there was one kiwi player an aussie player play for the saints i think they both play for sydney i can't remember but they were battering each other yeah. in that game and there was no love lost at all mm-hmm. and that's what it was all about and you had the in the build up you had Robbie Hunter Paul talking about I think no actually was it um it was our favorite commentator Fossey was like you know they still remember the the underarm throw 
in the cricket and oh the, yes the, the Kiwis and the Aussies remember things that have happened between each other in sports yeah. pure and, hatred and and you could see it during the game and yeah it, it did annoy me that bit it says when the hug is like no that's you did completely defeat the object of what yeah. you meant to do what was the point in the great big war down and normally that close to like headbutting each other in there like because if when you face something like that they get pumped up but you should be getting as pumped up as they are yeah um and then just yeah just but luckily it didn't transpire into the game because there was no love lost at all no and I know we've been, oh yeah, especially you, you've been critical of some of the commentary team. And I know it was the same commentary team that we haven't liked, but what I loved about it was how much they were enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> they were just... Was, was it Matt Newsom? I think it was Matt Newsom on commentary. Yeah. And yeah, I think he's done all the Aussie games. He's, he has been brilliant. Well. And was it Brian Noble? Or was it... Brian, Brian Noble, I think. I think it was John Keir. No, it was John Keir. Because he said the... Um, Heavyweight thing I mentioned yeah. clearly. It was, it was, they were just loving it. They were having the best time in their entire life watching that game. And you could feel it. And you could feel the excitement of it. And I loved um, Mark Chapman at halftime when he was saying, if you're watching this at home and someone's not watching it, get them. If you're in the pub, get it on. If you're at home, sat on your own, just put it on social media. Just tell everyone. Like, But it was oh, like man. that. I was texting all my, I even text my, my boss of my business saying, you need to watch the second half. You need to get it on. You need to watch it because it was, it was the best game of rugby league I've ever watched. And we talk about, we talked about inter rugby league. Is it a product? Is there a product? There is a product. There. Both the semi-finals are a product. It's there. And yeah, you cannot how how quick it was, how physical it was, but the reason why the game was so good was Ashley Klein. Mm. The best ever games of sport or rugby that I've ever seen. It's always been down to the person in the middle. In reality, because they've allowed that game to flow, mm. and and it just didn't stop. Mm. And the best bit was when they got when they had a little bit of scrap. One was Jiffy going, well, "Hey, here we go!" But it started having a bit of scrap. But then he just went, "Yeah, not not, not didn't he, he could have sin been someone from either side in that, and he yeah. chose not to. And it was just brilliant. It was how you know we moaned about Super League referees. That is how the game should be refereed. It was just brilliant. I can't. I can't say enough about the game itself. It was just so good to watch. I felt that from from the start, New Zealand came to play. You know, they came to to chuck it about. They just thought, right, we're here. We're going to throw everything the, everything we can at the Aussies for as long as we can. Did you get that feeling in the in the ground, Bry? That the uh, the Kiwis were here to play for as long as they could and try and get some out of it. Got that feeling as soon as they walked out onto the pitch. Um, yeah. We got there early, like, as gates open pretty much, because my mm. wife's disabled. We had mm. to go up some steps, so it was easy to just get it in, get it there. Get settled, yeah. Get settled. Um, and even everything, everything about them, the Aussies come out and they were in, they were in tracksuits and they were all, like, just looking around and like, yeah, this is all right, this is good. Kiwis come out in their suits and they looked, yeah, looked good, didn't dog. they? They just looked at dogs. And then, the, but you could see them all like there was none of this chatting about. Like all the coaches were on on the pitch, and they were all mingling, kind of thing. And they were talking to people like Carl Amor off the pitch, and a couple of others. Kiwis were just like players out in changed. Then they come back out, and it was even more like tunnel vision. It was yeah. it was full tunnel vision. Yeah, to play. And I say, as soon as that happened, I turned to my wife and I went, 
this is on. This is on. Big one. <laughs> it was just like, you could tell there and then, just from the body language, because we were at the end that they come back to. So they'd done mm. the arcade, they turned around, they lined up. And as they were lining up, you could see them all looking at each other. There was no, not a word between the 13 of them mm. as they're all waiting for the kickoff. And they're all just looking at each other, just a little little nod, a little look and a little nod. At this time, James Tedesco's on the halfway line with three rugby balls, kicking them to practice mm. his kickoff. So they all knew exactly where it was going. Mm. And, and I, I promise you, it was great from Tedesco because he, he put them all within about five yards of each other. All five, mm. all three of them bounced. So it was a quick little nod, a quick little, like, get over there. Let's do this. Look, it, 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 it was, it, it's like a grand, it was like, you know, when you see an NR, you, I went to see James Graham a couple of weeks back, mm. doing night with uh, Alex Wormsley. And he said the day that him and Sam Tonkin's class, uh, Sam Burgess clashed, they seen each other and they lined up and they both knew. And it was like, it's coming, it's going to him, I'm having them kind of thing. Mm. And you could see that the Aussies didn't do that. It weren't, uh, that's where it's going. Because everyone in the ground who looked at what Tedesco was doing knew exactly where that kickoff was going. Mm. But the Kiwis were like, that's who I'm running at. That's who's getting there. Then it's going there. And you could tell yeah. from that very second that they were up for it. And they were in. They were and in. They were yeah. One player that I thought had a really good game <clears throat> for New Zealand, he's had a really good tournament, to be honest. Probably the fullback of the tournament, I'd say, uh, Joey Manu. Um, find it, I find it crazy that he's so good at fullback for New Zealand when he plays centre for the Roosters because Tedesco is the fullback for the Roosters. I mean, it, what a player, what a tournament he had. And he was so, so unlucky. I can't remember for one of the Aussie tries who he was going to tackle, but he just slid off him. I think it were. Um, Nick Crichton just slipped off him. Mm. Um, yeah, it was, just, it was an amazing tackle. And I thought, oh, I, I thought he stopped it. And yeah, it did. It's so unlucky. I mean, th th this guy's a superstar, don't you think, Reese? This Joey Mano. I mean, I, I genuinely think, I don't know, I could be looking at one of the best players in the world team, ne next how year. How can one team have? Uh, it's Joey Mano. You know, have those that, that that option to have those two fullbacks in that side. It's just not fair, is it? To have Tedesco. Yeah, if, if you flip, <laughs> if you flip it, I'll say they've got Tedesco, Mitchell, who plays fullback. Yeah. Then if he was fit, Tabo would be playing. Either Pappenhausen play and Pappenhausen, and then Pappenhausen, and you like that going? Good for. Do you know what I mean? It's and they true. wanted Suwali, and they wanted and they Suwali. Suwali, Suwali's from 19. Tomorrow. Oh, my. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, he, he, he was awesome. Sam <laughs> But, <laughs> yeah, so, put into context, both those fullbacks, Jerry Manu, 318 metres. Wow. Made, 94 of them were post-contact. Then you look at the other side. It's not, as if, sorry, it's not as if he's playing against... You know, yeah. some slouches here. This is against Australia. Well, Bloody James Tedesco hell. clearly is the better fullback for Sydney Rooster because he got 320 wow. meters. Oh so between God. the both of them, they were just <laughs> immense. Um, 
But this is what, again, go back to that rugby league having an international product. Watching them two play against each other is this class. is it, yeah. Um, but yeah, Manu was, was brilliant. Um, can we can we talk about Ado Carr's try for one second? Because I didn't even see him on camera. I've only said when when you see the wide angle, you see how far he run. When they did the kick, he, you couldn't see the wide angle, so he just came out of nowhere. And obviously, Rapana's there like this, going. They've out? worked on that in Is week. That Apparently, they've been scoring in the NRL. He's been doing that in the NRL. They've so definitely he's... worked on Rapana there. They must have worked on him all tournament to say he's you know he hangs. He's not in position. And Joey Manu must have been screaming at Rapana to say. To get in here, and I don't like you say, Reese. On, on the as you watch on the telly, well, first of all, first of all, the first kick it was Ben Hunt who put the kick to Adokar. Ben Hunt's first kick, cover your ears, George, was fucking diabolical. Went about 20 foot in a touch, he was miles <laughs> out. So, I was thinking when, when, when the ball came back inside from Harry Grant to, to Ben Hunt and he boomed it over, I was thinking, yeah, it's not, it's not a bad kick. But then, Brian, Brian will tell us in a minute his position. But from the telly, Adokar is not in shot. He's not. He's not, he's not in the picture. I've got a big telly. He's not in the picture at all. I'm just thinking. And then he just... He just, he just appears, doesn't he? The precision of the kick is unbelievable. And the timing of Adokar, because he, ne- he never once... His momentum never stops. He just takes it in his stride. Just runs into it and scores. Now, when it first happened, when it when it were first scored, I kind of looked at her and I, I, I genuinely said, "You jammy bastards!" You know, I thought, I thought this is you jammy. What, what a fluke! Then when it because that's on the wide shot. When it shows you like the in game, the players' faces, and when Hunt gets it, he just looks. It's a yeah. it's a fucking set play. He looks over as if to say it's now. And just, yeah. oh my God. We kind of mentioned in England review there about best tries of the World Cup. Unfortunately, that has to be up there because yeah. I, I don't know how you saw it, Bri. I mean, in the oh, ground. I, saw it. I didn't have anything in front of me. <laughs> all game, and I mean this, all game from like the second minute, all you seen from Adol Carr was this. And he was pointing, <laughs> just screaming for the ball constantly. Mm-hmm. And you know when you see players who got who then throw their arms up and like, ah, oh, I think John Bateman done it on Saturday. Ball mm-hmm. went left and Bateman wanted it. He was like, ah. Oh. And you're like, not once did he complain. He was just like, lads, I'm ready. I'm gone. No, didn't come. Okay. I don't know if they've shown it on the, on, the, on the actual telly. I have watched it back, but I was a bit drunk. Mm-hmm. So he actually pointed. He told them. He didn't. He already... T- He'd shouted, and as I say, I had him second half, I had him right in front of me. He was doing it all game, screaming for the ball. So he must have shouted, and Ben must have heard him and just looked and gone, right, gone. Unbelievable. And so as much yeah. as Ben Hunt, as I say, Ben Hunt was amazing, about it, and as much as it probably was a set play, he must have heard that shout because it was just... And then even then, it. to put the kick on a dime, to put, put oh. it, the, the only place where Adokar was going to catch that and score it in, in, in stride as well, in stride. And it's not the the kick itself wasn't like a usual crossfield kick, you know. No, 
Like usually the trajectory is a little lower, and it's like it's like a precision like finesse. It's like you know, Sneed was. It's like something yeah. Sneed doing this. It's like, you know, it's finessed over. Like there's not yeah. a lot of dip. It's like accurate, but that was it was like a fucking bomb. It, it just flew. What it had swerve. Oh my god! And I tell you what, the the one thing that I will take away from it is that Manu and Rapana were like that all night. Anything mm. that went that corner, there was no communication between them. Right. So mm. second half, I think there was a couple, and you could see the pair of them going, no, you, you, no, me, oh, and mm. then it'd be a panic and run. For, bit like sound off, bit like cricket when one goes up in the air, and you've got yeah. three converging, and they're all Coming going, you, 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 and it ends on the floor. Mm. It was a bit like that. And you could see, so when when that happened, as much as it was amazing, I don't want to take away from it, but that did actually happen because the pair of them, neither of them wanted it. Mm. But my, I tell you, the, do, do you know when you, you you know when you're at the ground and something amazing happens and you hear a, a you hear a wow or a, especially yeah. if there's a hit or something. The only thing I've ever heard at a ground that's come close to that noise when he's caught that ball was wide to west. That's mm. the only thing that's ever got close to it. Come close to that, wow. Uh, because, because it was literally, as soon as he caught it, everyone went applauding. Everyone st- everyone gasped and was like, oh, what? And it was just... And I'll tell you what, if you want a better... And, and anyone, anyone watching, if you want a better point of view of it, get hold of the Loose Forward pod, because Andy was sat right in front of that, literally right there where he caught it. So it'll have been right in Andy's eye line where it went from wow. Ben Unfichty. He was in, Thank Andy you, was man. in the older way end at Ellen Road. Jeez, so he'd have, he'd have literally seen the kick as he's angled it and caught right in front of him. So if anyone wow. wants a better point of view of it, get hold of the loose forward, loose forward pod. Yeah. <laughs> Talking of Joey Manu, someone asked on our mailbag a while back, last last season on the Lockpod mailbag, who is the best-looking rugby league player? Now, I still think it is Joey Manu, but then as, as I was watching the Kiwis on Friday, is that, are they the best-looking rugby league side ever? I, I can't think of one that. I mean, every single one of them is like a dreamboat, don't you think? <laughs> no wonder, you, no wonder you enjoy the game so much. Honestly, everyone, I'm like, obviously Joey Mano. I'm like, yeah, he, he's definitely the best looking rugby league player. But then it was like Brandon Smith. I thought he's good looking. Nelson, I saw, you know, six foot nine over here. I thought, oh, he's good. I thought, oh my god, never seen a more a better looking collection of blokes on a rugby league field ever. <laughs> On my own on that, definitely radio silence. Yeah, you're watching the wrong thing. <laughs> uh, what two things? One, I'll actually shout the wife because she'll tell you, right? She yeah, that's true. That's that. true. Right. From the and professional, two, eh? <laughs> yeah. And and two, um, I'm still in love with Johnny Lomax, and I think he's stunning. So I'll leave it there. Oh, He's a good looking guy. He's a good looking guy. It's one of those. We've gone off on a real tangent now, Reese. It's one of those. <laughs> One of those, Why are we asking where... these bloody questions? You don't, um, you don't kind of appreciate just how good looking he is because he wears the scrum cap. So when he's got it off, and you know, and he's 
got a, got his bit of a do. You're like, wow, he is actually. I'm, I'm going to tell you something now, and I'll, and, and I'll die on it. And I'll die on this hill. Right? There's a video of um, after one of the finals. I think it's 2021, and he's got his top off as well. And I literally, my son was watching it. And I, I laughed and I looked up and I went, "Wolf." And then just looked. <laughs> That's what a real man looks like. Quite the tangent, that one, Reese. <laughs> he needs a tangent bell now. I got my Danny Maguire bell. He needs a tangent yeah. bell. There you go. Tangent <laughs> bell. I mean, you look at the depth of Australia back on track, and I felt that, like, Latrell Mitchell didn't even have a good game, really. You know, he, he, didn't, he didn't play too well. The halves didn't, you know, Munster didn't have the best of games. And yet, it, it was New Zealand's best, wasn't it? They threw everything at them and then Australia just soaked it up and they knew they had enough. I mean... It probably should have been what happened in the England-Samoa game in that England should have just got over the line and won that game. And I think that's what happened to Australia. They just got over the line. And it was just one moment of tiredness with Brandon Smith that cost that cost New Zealand because yeah. New Zealand deserved that win, left, right, centre, hundred percent. All the you've, all the bloody terms you want to say, they deserved that win. And I think, like you say, the Trail Mitchells and your the, the players like that didn't look great because New Zealand were that good. Yeah, um, yeah play. I, I just want more of it. I think the only thing Clary brought to it was his kicking game. That was it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Even Harry Grant didn't change the game that much. We've no, seen Harry Grant no. destroy people when Harry he's Grant on. Come on. And as he's coming on, I was like, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Now it's going to change it. Yeah. And no, nothing. And I'll tell you what, what you've just been saying now, Davies. It reminds me of 2021 Grand Final. Catalan should have won that game. And he should have won it. Easily, they should, mm. easily hands down. They should have won. They were the better side. Blah, blah, blah. But champion teams always win. Get it. it, and I said that I said that in the ground. This reminded me if anyone had watched the Australia New Zealand women's game the night before, mm. New Zealand should have won that game, and somehow Australia just just put it away and, and won. Mm. And it, yeah. it was just, and I could feel it was coming. You could feel it was coming because a it's Australia, and b just because of how champion they are, you just mm. knew. You just and that was the thing that and I tell you what that was the thing that was missing for me on Saturday for England. Mm. At no one point did I go England got this, England have got this. Mm. Australia, the, the equivalent of the All Blacks in Union, isn't it? Yeah. If you're if you're beating the All Blacks with ten minutes to go, and you're within two two scores, the likelihood is New Zealand are going to go on and win that. The All Blacks are going to win it because they just know how to win. And you, you have to be at least 20 points ahead of New Zealand to finish it. And it's Australia exactly the same. You can't leave Australia <laughs> with a 10 minutes to go to be within a score because you just know that they're gonna they're gonna do it. And there's a list of 10 teams who felt that against New Zealand and in Union and now Australia. Mm. 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 You just you just know what's coming, you know. And that's the thing for the final. You know, if Samoa get get good, you, what you just said is if Samoa get 10 points ahead. You'd fancy with 20 minutes, 15 minutes ago, you'd still fancy Australia. You would yeah. all day long. I don't think there's any scenario where Samoa beat Australia at Old Trafford. Does anyone think Samoa have got a chance? Yeah, I'd, all, love, I'd I love to see it happen. Love to see it happen. And I think Old Trafford will be very much 
green and Pro, red. Some blue and red. <laughs> It'd be yeah. blue and red. Empty sheets and blue. Prediction for the final, Bry? Australia by about 40. But I do yeah, think somehow we'll have a chance. If, yeah. if, and I mean this, because you don't know, you don't know, it's, gonna, it's a World Cup final. If someone stupid do, does, and I'm I'm going to use this, I'm going to use this thing. Someone does a James Bentley for Australia. Someone would have win that game. Yeah. Someone gets sent off in the first half for Australia. Someone would have win it. No, simple as. And and let's look at it. Let's look at it. It can happen in the stupidest we've seen. Some of the definitely decisions. We need Jerome Luai to wind up an Aussie so bad that he gets punched. And he wears number eight. <clears throat> yeah. Mm, yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> prediction for the final. I think it's going to be a 20, 30 point win to Aussie. I want Samoa to bring it close and I want Samoa to do it, but I just. Aussies have had the scare. They're not going to let that happen twice. No, I think they'll put the foot on the neck and uh, just. But the just weight, and then Samoa, I'm going to say not the weight of the nation. They will have. Everyone, wouldn't everyone the in the world? UK will be yeah, the whole world to be but backing them. Just to represent Samoa, be the first Pacific Island nation to really be in a World Cup final for this context. Obviously, I know Fiji in the seven, in the sevens are very, very good. But you know, it's a massive thing for Samoa in the country, and they're all playing for the heritage. So they've got that lifting them and carrying them as well. So if they can channel that and and face up to it, but they've got to, they have to perform for eighty minutes. On that beach, a, a lot of people haven't said nothing about this this week. I think a lot of lot of credit needs to go to players like Jason Tamalalu for making Absolutely. this step. For making this step, because if they hadn't, this would have just been a three-team tournament mm. like normal, and England have made the final, and they've been against one of the other two. Whereas now it's actually competitive. Yeah, it's really competitive, and players like Jason Tamalalu need credit for it, and they need they need. He changed the game. He changed Jason Tamalolo. Them that decision he made to 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 backflip to Tonga it has changed the game. You know, you I, I I don't think we would be looking at Samoa in a World Cup final if he didn't kind of decide that he was going to do that because you know half of the other Tongans playing for New Zealand kind of they went what are you going? He went yeah I am. They all jumped with him and it's changed the landscape of the game and I just thought that more players kind of see past Australia you know they've got enough they said it loads and loads of times but the depth that they have in each position they've, they've, they've got enough so those players who can qualify for other countries do it go for it and let's kind of progress the game anyway to finish up onto the England <coughs> post-mortem Bry on your six again Twitter page earlier this weekend you asked six questions that's kind of your angle I'll just fire through them now with you both um, the first one this is on England's post-mortem after the World Cup who do you want as England coach Bry? I've actually replied to this so I said Sean deserves another year mm. but then if he's going to pick what he knows like he has done sack him now <laughs> Well, there's, we shall know there's a lot of way, the, the way that's used a lot of rugby union, especially with World Cup, is cycle. Mm. A World Cup cycle. So if they're going to put, if they're going to make like uh, a Chi Nations, let's say, next next November, 
Give him till that. If he still picks what he knows and they don't do well, get rid of him for France. Because look, two years till the World Cup. Yeah, someone else do it. In a dream, as a dream, the whole point of it was I'd seen so many people being um, biased towards their team. A lot of Salford mm. fans saying Achers and this should have played. Leeds fans mm. saying Aletsky should have played. Dick Lehman should have been picked. Blah blah blah. So my whole point was right. Well, who do you want? What would you do? What? Where are you going? And for me, the dream would be Trent Robinson because he wouldn't show bias. Jesus Christ, that is a dream, yeah? Bloody hell. He wouldn't show bias. He'd be amazing mm. at it. He w- he loves this league. He knows what's best in that league. And the whole point was, we've had, we've had Wayne and he's picked what looks like bias. Mm. And then before that, you had Wayne Bennett, who looked like he picked NRL bias. Mm. And then the relied on his assistant coaches. So what would be, who would you want? Because anywhere, anywhere you're going to go, realistically, it's going to be bias. There's some bias there. Some mm. bias there. Whereas I think Trent, Trent Robinson's the one man who wouldn't. Mm. Good coach as well, Brian. Good coach yeah. as well. I know. <laughs> Reese, who would you want as coach of England? I, I, I want Wayne to stay. Yeah. Um, and I think... He's, he's had what, three internationals, two of them were, or four internationals prior to the World Cup, two of them are the stupid all-star, whatever Combined. you want to call it, game. And Combined then those stupid games. Yeah. You know, he hasn't had a chance, and that's probably why, a part of me thinks that's why he's chosen what he knows, because he hasn't had the time to play around. And also, the international game doesn't give you the opportunity to play around with it either. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I want him to be given the opportunity to show it. Um and yes, and I'd, to be honest, I'd give him to the next World Cup. But he relies on having international games to play for me. Yeah, he's going to need he needs games in the calendar. I agree with mm. that. And I I think Bryce smashed it in that we need to see. <clears throat> excuse me. He needs like a Tri Nations. He needs a run of games, three four games. And if the, in those games he's picking a similar squad, obviously not the same, but you know of a similar ilk to what is chosen for the World Cup, I would say, right, you've got this Tri-Nations, but we're not having this in France because we were nowhere, you know, we didn't even play New Zealand and Australia in this World Cup and then we're probably going to play them in the next. Mm. You know, we need to, you know, get to a stage where... <clears throat> yeah, I have a proposal could... for question four to answer that question, so I'm going to save that till question four. Question two, out of ten, what would you... What score would you give England at the World Cup race out of 10? Um, I was thinking a seven, but I've been told you're not allowed to use seven when you give a score out of seven out of 10, because that's what's known as sitting on the fence number. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go six. Yeah. Um, mainly because of the news that's come out this, this afternoon. <laughs> Otherwise, I think it might have uh, a seven a <laughs> bit more, but yeah, no, I'm going to give it a six. Look, we... we we, he actually gave me a lot more hope than I thought we would do to perform, perform well in some games, but ultimately choked it. So, yeah. six. Brian? Mine's a six, and for the reasons why, I'll wait till number five. Fair enough. <clears throat> Mine, I think five, I think average, just, just kind of not shit, but not great. So, yeah, five, average. Question number three, who do you want as the next England captain, Brian? I said Elliot Whitehead. Yep. He'll be there. He'll have experience. 
he's got the NRL experience. Good player as well. And he's a really good player. And I think he's one of, if we're going to say that England was scared by the headlights, he's one who's not. Yeah. <clears throat> Reese. I was going to say Elliot Whitehead, but I don't want to sound like we're all just holding hands oh, well, and playing with each other. Sometimes, sometimes I it's the obvious option. I did I say Whitehead or Lomax. So. But I actually think um, <laughs> Victor Radley. Yeah. Um, to be honest. Uh, although now, since he's been picking fights in James <laughs> Bentley, uh, I don't think it's probably the appropriate thing. Punching one of our own. own. Yeah. You, well, no, because James Bentley's a, a sound bloke. Like, he'd never start anything. So Victor Radley's obviously way out of order to do what he's done this afternoon. Victor's clearly instigated this. Yeah. But despite so that, for our James. despite that, I think I'd still probably put him up there. So, yeah, Whitehead or Radley. I agree. It's Whitehead for me. I think it's a no brainer. You know, NRL experience, bags, bags of quality. I think I think he will be as well. I think it's quite. He's an eighty minute as well. Yeah, I think it's quite an obvious choice. I think it's a safe choice. I think it's the right choice. Question four from Bryce Selections: How many games a year do England need to play to help them succeed? Do you, are you sticking with that, Bryce? Like they need a Tri Nations every year, every eighteen months. Yeah, I, th- I think they need four. I think mid-season they need to yes. play France. Probably mm. um, make it easier, but not easier, but easier to get the players together. And yeah, so you mean in, in logistically? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then at the end of the season, either a tour or a Tri Nations of some sort, maybe three, four games. Yeah. To then build momentum to the next World Cup. Yeah. You agree with that, race? Uh, no, I'd go bigger. <clears throat> I would have. A Six Nations promotion relegation type international thing. Wow. And the problem is it, it does feel a bit too similar to the World Cup when I think about it in a bit more general. But I think we can't have a Tri-Nations when you got when we get beat by Samoa. Tonga beat New Zealand previously. I think you've got to... I would have a England, Australia, New Zealand, Samoa, Tonga, Papua New Guinea because I think they're probably the top six international yeah. sides. And in the division below that, I'd have France, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Fiji, Lebanon. Um, and I'd do a, I'd do a promotion relegation. And I think if we woke up in three years' time, because remember it's not four, in three years' time, I, I think we host it in the Northern Hemisphere, goes down under the year after that, and then back in the Northern Hemisphere the year after that, so the World Cup goes down. They've got to build on this international stuff because mm. it, it works. And if, if you're not going to have a proper international game before three years, the product's never going to grow. And England not going to get better playing France. Hmm. And it gives more opportunities for the international game to grow. So that's what I would love to see. The thing is for the France game for me, why I said France, is because it gives you, if he's turning out, if people are turning around saying he's not had the opportunity to try and test. Yeah. Well, that's your game to try and test Mikey Lewis or Lewis Dodd or. You know these type of players. And, so yeah, it's it's they're the game. Yeah, no, but they're the games that you. That's the game. Then you can try them instead mm-hmm. of them. Look at the knights. The knights battered Scotland the week before the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. We could yeah. probably put England yeah. knights yeah. in that. Yeah, you could probably put England knights in that B team league that yeah. I was talking and about. This, and this is the thing. So use that mid mid one for the players that you don't know about, because realistically. You've got a core group that you do know about that you're going to use. So hmm. let's see what you can what you can do. The only way to find out if you like them or not 
is if you play them. He's playing them. <clears throat> France is important fixture still to play because obviously Catalan and Catalan, but Toulouse being the Super League this year, you've got to go. There's a yeah. opportunity to grow the game in France, and you've got to keep doing that. So, but yeah. Know, what, would, what would you do, Eddie? Yeah. What would what would you do? <clears throat> I, I think a calendar of pretty much what you've both said, really, in that you. Not only do England need to play more games, but we need to see more international rugby league yeah. in in general. So I agree with you, Reese, in that if there is a Tri Nations of some sort, whether it's England held over here or we go over there and it's so Samoa, Tonga, Australia, New Zealand, etc., then at the same time we need something else played over here, France, wherever, in those sides that are in that huddle, keeping like Greece and everybody involved or, you know, with, with those nations that are around their level. We need to keep them in the spotlight though. So, yeah. for, for instance, I know that if Greece are in, in with France and, you know, Wales, Scotland, they are probably going to lose. But if, if you took them away with Germany and Holland and Serbia, there's, there's zero spotlight on that. It's just a yeah. little... Twitter update, you know, it might be live on YouTube or Facebook, but people aren't going to watch it. Whereas if it's something that perhaps the BBC can grab hold of and, and mould into something that is watchable and accessible. And I think off the back of World Cups like this, this is when you have to give people more, you know, because you've, you know, you've handed them something and said, isn't this great? And they go, yeah, it's really good. I'd like some more. And you just pull it away and say, you aren't going to see that now till you know, or you're not going to see a, a, enough of that until until France at the World Cup. But there has to be importance, and we need, unfortunately, as proof is in the pudding, when the Aussies pulled out of this World Cup, we need the NRL to be on side with this. We need them to pick it up to, on your Twitter point in Australia. They didn't even live tweet the semi final. No, they even put out the team sheet when it came out. The only thing they tweeted was the result full-time score they don't give a shit and that, that that that's what's wrong you know we need we need to tell them look we want to grow this game and basically we need you there because you've got the real superstars are out there you know the Kiwis the Tongans the summer. so they need to jump in with two feet if we're all doing it we need to do it together and, and come up with a plan and I mean I'm sure the Aussies you saw Cam, you saw Cameron Munster speaking before the game on Friday and BBC saying how much he liked Manchester and he's loved his time in England. So surely they want more of that. You know, those that have been over in an experience that can kind of look at the bigger picture and say, we need more of this. But yeah. I, a mix of both really. Like we definitely need to see more of it and we need to, we need to make sure that the spotlight's on it. I don't want it tucked away on Twitter or I want it to be, you know, easily accessible, but all of that is easier said than done. I've got a, I've got a feeling if there is going to be like a Tri Nations or a tour or anything, it's going to be us going over there for the next two years because yeah. they'll be like, well, we've been and we're going to France, so you're coming here. Yeah, and that's fine. I'm sure. That's fine. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure the England players and England setup would much. Well, us as fans, I'd rather England went out there every time as long as it happened. You know, if the Aussies were that stubborn and said, right, you can go bollocks unless you come in over here. Fair enough, you know. If they're it's willing called, to do it, because call their bluff. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Reese. At the end of the day, we need them. You know, as, as horrible as it is, 
we need them, you know. They they are our overlords because the proof is in the pudding. They said that, you know, we aren't coming to this World Cup and the whole world just went, right, well, we aren't doing it then, you know. You're the big bullies. If you're taking the ball home, so if we have to bow to them, you know, call their bluff and say, right, bollocks to you, we'll come every year. We'll come every I year. Mean, we'll, we'll bring France with us or we'll bring, you know, Scotland. We'll, we'll all fly over and we'll do it over there. I think I think the thing is, is I've got two things on this. One with the with the World Club Challenge coming back, but it being over there. That's why I said that because I can see, I can see the mindset. Yeah. Well, look, we've been there and we're going back. So you need to if we've gone for two years in the next four, you need to come here for two years in the next yeah. four. Yeah, I think that's how they're going to look at it. Mm. And also, if we are going to go over there, I do, I'm going I'm going to be totally honest with you. I've Mark Percival played the semi final and the final and then was injured. Johnny Lomax has been managed all season with his arm and then mm. he's not playing in the World Cup. I truly believe they knew that the World Club Challenge was happening and they want to go to it. They want yeah. to be there. Yeah. If this World Cup was in Australia, I really believe them two would have been on the plane. They'd have gone. Mm. And so players want to play there. They want to go there. So mm. if you want to go, as you say, go. Just get there. Let's do it. Let's do it now. Mm. Sign the contract. Get it in. Get it planned in. And the last one, who was England's best player at the World Cup race? For those that aren't watching this on YouTube, there is certain faces being pulled by other people on this podcast that may have (laughs) slagged this guy off to an absolute T prior to the tournament. George Williams? Didn't Brian come out there? Barely put <laughs> come out from behind the curtain. <laughs> I think other people. I thought Burgess had a great tournament. I thought Farm have had a great tournament. Um, but I think Williams has been the best player in the English squad, hands down. I disagree. You could, you could have named him man of match for every English match. Nearly. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. Victor Bradley did a shout actually for me, but I George think Williams. I I. He did have a much better tournament than me and Bry thought. I think it was Tom Burgess. I think he, um, we kind of said it last time. What was he, did he score in every game? But France and well, France Samoa, and yeah, Samoa, yeah, you know, led the way, led the whole pack. I thought Luke Luke Thompson had a really bad tournament. Just don't look the same player. Expected big, big things from him. Thought he were really going to lead us in that pack, but turned out it was Tom Burgess. Thought, um. Yeah, he's an awesome player. Had a good tournament, and um, I'm fairly adamant we're going to see him in blue and amber in a, maybe a year, a year or two's time. Bry, England's player of the tournament. When I replied, I said George Williams. Hey. I've, had a good, I've had a good think about this now, and it's still George and, Williams. <laughs> well, yet and no. Um, <laughs> How I, many points I'm, have you got on this? Two or three? One. I one, think. One. It is six again. <laughs> yeah, I have got. I think that the France game and the Greece game can be null and void, basically. So he played mm. well in them games. Mm. Yeah, sound. Mikey Lewis should have played well in them games. I'd have played, played well in them games. Sinfield Jr. <laughs> would have played well in them games. Do you know what I mean? So Yeah, he would. Yeah, so. I tell you, would have really dominated those games. And to be honest, 
we would have won on Saturday if he'd have played. He'd he'd, he'd have got a hat trick easily with that shadow of a doubt. But I'd 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 have to agree with Eddie. I'd say Burgess was phenomenal in the other games, mm-hmm. um, including all Saturday. Oh, Whitehead. But yeah, generally through the whole tournament, George Williams. That's the review. Bumper edition. Bloody hell. Real <laughs> bumper edition this week. We will be back on next week to review Samoa beating Australia in the World Cup <laughs> final. <laughs> Bry, fingers crossed. What are you saying, Reese? I was about to say, I hope it's looking like it's going to be a New Zealand Aussie women's final at the moment as well, because New Zealand are winning 20 points to six. Yeah, so we hope New Zealand win that one. So all our hopes are going to be on the wheelchair team um, to to bring it home uh, and beat the French. They'll do it. They'll do it for us. They'll bring it home. Bri, thanks as always for coming on. Loved hey, it. Reese, see you next week. Thanks everybody for listening. Do follow us on Twitter. Uh, Bry's at six again. Reese's at the Owl and Fleece, and the podcast is Lot Seventeen here or the Lot Pod. Yeah, we'll be back next week to review Samoa beating Australia in a historic win. See you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>